now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew for Just Plain Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. All right, so uh, Captain Dennis has been grounded uh, recently because he's getting through this uh, engine overhaul of his Mooney 201. Well, no, let's, let's make this clear. I'm not grounded. I'm still flying. Well, okay, right. Your plane My, is grounded. But the plane is grounded. Yes. So Big you've still difference. been flying with your neighbor friends in your air park there in uh, Fort Myers, among other things. And and who knows, you might actually be at AirVenture if things go well because of that, uh, you know, neighborhood connection, right? That's correct. Uh, through a little, you know, talking with one of the neighbors, it turns out we have a lot of shared interests. Uh, he's all, he's a dive instructor, so I think you're going to need to meet him the next time you're down. Which but, is going to be in two weeks. That's right. Not even that, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we got lobster season coming up, so he may come over there, and then you guys might uh, hightail it over to AirVenture if things pan out. And our plan is to bring a bunch of tails with us to AirVenture. Okay. And you're going to leverage these lobsters how exactly? For, like, free fuel or something? (laughs) I'm just hoping for a place to stay. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, two lobster tails for a night stay in Oshkosh probably could be a deal. Maybe if you threw in a side of of uh, cheese curds, which you can just pick up at uh, We can get those right there at the park. Yeah, exactly. That's not going to be a problem. Right. So anyway, we'll see how that unfolds. But just a quick update on your engine overhaul. Are we we down to the wire, you think? Have you got an update from your uh, overhaul folks there at what, Pinnacle? Yeah, I talked to JD at Pinnacle this week, and we are still waiting for parts. Uh, The crank is still out. They... They had to send it out to a machine shop to have them do a little bit of polishing on the crank to make sure that there's no scoring or anything from any of the little pieces of metal that may have been in between the bearing. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is still out. It takes you know several weeks to for those to get through the shop. You know everybody's backlogged. It seems like today, and we still don't have an update on when we're going to see new cylinders. So that is probably our biggest holdup is just when we can get new cylinders to finish the build. Yeah, we have. We have two on hand, but we still need two more. Okay. So, I mean, I'm assuming you're hoping for some time in August. Is that fair? That's what I'm hoping for. I I really, really am hoping. I don't want it to stretch out too much longer than that. Right. So, uh, we will see how that progresses. Now, we got a few stories to navigate through to uh, today uh, with that kind of dovetail off of his engine overall of his Mooney 201. One is he's going to need a new mechanic. Uh, because he relocated to Fort Myers, uh, Captain Dennis did, and he needs to, you know, once he gets this plane back, you have to have kind of like, uh, you know, your mechanic guy, and you haven't like secured a new mechanic guy just yet down there in South Florida. Is that right? Nope, I'm in the process of auditioning a few of them. Uh, I mean, I need a new in IA. I have to get an annual. The aircraft is actually officially out of annual at the end of June, mm-hmm. which doesn't really affect us right now because it's not going anywhere. Well, that's <laughs> true. You're taking advantage uh, of the downtime to interview you know, prospects, but you found a way to kind of streamline this process, maybe save you a few bucks 
uh, you know, along the way as well. We're going to get into that a little bit later on. That's coming up on the show. But first, we got a couple stories we got to uh, navigate through. One to just kick things off just with a, a fun, I don't know if this is a feel good uh, story for aviators, but uh, it's definitely another unique use of duct tape. So take it from there, Dennis. All right. So I guess on uh, July 6th, uh, they had a little incident on an American Airlines flight uh, from Dallas to Charlotte. Now, this is a two-hour flight. You wouldn't think that this would cause a lot of problems. But apparently, a passenger found herself duct taped to the seat after allegedly going ballistic and attacking the flight crew while attempting to open the exterior door in mid-flight. Wow. You know, I, I thought it was just a joke that you always had duct tape on hand, but evidently, American Airlines... Uh, does have it on their aircraft or they got their hands on duct tape one way or another uh, there yet another use right i love it tape the passengers to their seats when when they get a little too rambunctious well they always say if it moves and and shouldn't duct tape is the solution well i that's true (laughs) i i just i honestly wouldn't have thought that they would have rolls of duct tape on a, a commercial airliner but Evidently, they do. <laughs> Once again, they found some somebody on board that had some, and they put it to use to hold this lady at bay. Um, so that that's kind of. Do we even know why she tried to open up the cockpit door? Or another crazy. No, uh, I think it's a potentially another crazy. It's mm-hmm. like I just I have I got the urge. I got to get off this plane. I need to get off this plane. And she was went up to the exits and started banging on the doors. You need to let me off the plane. It's like, you know, there are times where I wish we'd had the old air stair on the seven twenty seven. You could let him out, <laughs> right? If there was only a trap door button that you could push for unruly passengers. Uh, but you know, duct tape's probably going to save them from you know a lawsuit or two. So yeah, <laughs> they taped her well, down. To her seat, and they got to their destination, I assume. Is that fair? They did. Paramedics met them at the gangway with Mm -hmm. a stretcher, and uh, she's apparently now on the internal no-fly list of Americans. Okay. All right. You know, it it could turn into a duct tape commercial, maybe. (laughs) You know, if they don't take advantage of all these opportunities, uh, I think somebody in their marketing department needs to be fired. Right. Well, uh, is it on your save-a-flight kit, so to speak? Do you have a roll of duct tape in your... You know, in your aircraft. Let's just say I think I'm adding that to my list. I, I was going to say anybody listening right now. You know, I I, I wouldn't wouldn't have thought that would be part of your kit, but now that I'm thinking of it, I really you probably do need to have duct tape on your aircraft. Well, you I know a lot of backcountry pilots do. I mean, there's been videos circulating on the internet um, showing like a, a Piper Super Cub in in Alaska that got attacked by a bear. And yeah. they literally put duct tape on to replace the fabric um, right. so they could actually fly it out. So, you know, it's not as a crazy or unheard of. I mean, back in Vietnam era, they used to use it on the on the fighter jets to cover bullet holes. They called it mock tape, you know. So there's yeah. joke all you want, but, I, you know, there's practical use. Absolutely. If they could only make it lighter. I mean, that'd be the only thing. A big roll of duct tape does weigh a little bit much. Well, but don't take the whole roll. Get the small ones well, that they okay, sell in the craft department. And right. You can even get those custom colors and designs on them, you could be all fancy. That's right. But when you think you could use it and you don't have it, you're going to kick yourself. So maybe consider uh, this story as a reminder to bring uh, duct tape on your personal aircraft with you. Okay, so that's one story we had to get out there just because I found it mildly amusing. Uh, This one isn't as amusing, but it's very timely indeed. And that uh, is because, you know, we got AirVenture coming up literally like a week away. And, um, you know, the, the FAA has kind of stepped in it. 
and uh, and created a potential, well, uh, created a solution to a problem that didn't exist until they created it, I guess. Is that the, is that the case or what? You know, that's a great summary because uh, for many, many years, uh, the FAA has taken the position that an instructor flying for comp- uh, flying on an airplane is not being compensated for flying the airplane. Rather, they're being compensated for the training. Okay. okay. So I'm right. not being paid to fly the plane. I'm being paid to teach you how to fly the plane. Okay. And that's a big sense. difference because that yeah. means you're not flying or operating the aircraft for hire. Um mm-hmm. And that because that puts you into a whole category of commercial piloting and you need to have a second class medical and all of these types of things. Well, apparently the FAA has clamped down. They they've put a cease and desist order out a couple of years ago against a warbird operation in Florida that was offering training in the P-40 Warhawk, you know, a World War II fighter. Mm-hmm. And they got a cease and desist. They, the the uh, Warbird Adventures actually fought it in court. And the court sided with the FAA and said, no, actually, you're compensating the flight instructors. Um, so that falls under the, the policy. And you cannot do that with these airplanes. You'll have to get a letter of deviation in order to be able to do that. And that's so that the court sided with them. The problem with it is they are also taking that interpretation and now applying it also to experimental, limited, and primary category airplanes. So basically everything except standard Part 23 certified planes. That's not good because if you're planning to go to AirVenture and take your instructor with you to pick up some certs along the way or while you're there, this uh, throws a big wrench into that plan. We'll dive a little deeper into this next on Just Plane Radio. Stay close. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. 
go to JustPlainRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. What is this? Somebody enrolled somebody back into pilot school. So what do you say we quit that dead-end job you're in and put your mommy in a real nice home, something with 24-hour care on me, and not one of them Bangham and Binham joints, something really nice. It would be nice to go back to pilot school. <laughs> This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis. We're your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information. Just a week away from the Woodstock of Aviation Air Venture back in business at Oshkosh here in uh, just over a week, I say. And, uh, you know, Dennis might be out there uh, with uh, lobster tails in tow. So if you want to, you know, barter a deal with him and his buddy yeah, and you see him out there, feel free to go at it. But what you won't be able to do, possibly, uh, and at this point, I guess there's no way around this, is to do any, uh, I don't know, flight instruction in a experimental aircraft, uh, among other things, because of this uh, FAA uh, precedent that's been set uh, last week. Is that right? That's right. So as of Jan- uh, July 12th, you now have to have a letter of deviation authorization, a LOTA record, mm-hmm. for the instructor. Or the aircraft owner, or both. Um, so you got to bring a note have, from home. You got to get a note from the FAA oh. in order to continue doing what we've been doing safely for thirty plus years. Uh-huh. So, what is this going to do for pilots of experimental home built airplanes that want to get additional training, that want to get recurrent training, that want to even have a flight review? We have to go through a paperwork exercise now to authorize them to do what they've been doing without an incident for years hmm. and th- they're anticipating over 30,000 letters of deviation are going to have to be approved to meet the current needs of the experimental fleet alone. This such uh, nonsense. I saw the letter from Mark Baker from AOPA to the FAA about this. And basically if I got this right, Dennis and back me up, cause I know you got the letter in front of you. Uh, he, he more or less says, uh, look, you know, uh, you shouldn't have done this in the first place. They came back and said, well, we'll just set up this little deviation uh, notice you got to get, and that'll be the solution uh, to the problem. But he was like, what are you talking about? This is going to be, a, you're, you're just putting another hoop, another roadblock into flight training that wasn't there before, and it fixes a problem that didn't exist until you created the problem in the first place. Is that right? Do I have it right? That's exactly right. Hmm. And it worse is it actually potentially makes things less safe because now people have an extra hurdle to go through to go out to that training. Right. If I want to go fly with one of my neighbors and even do a you know a Saturday afternoon, go out and fly with them to do a, a, a one phase of wings or to give them a, a wings credit, 
I can't do it without first getting a letter of deviation authorized. So now it's on me to proactively reach out or it's on them to get it or we have to delay. And, you know, it's just easier to put it off or not do it. It's it's worthless paperwork is what it is. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just one more hurdle, like you said, another hoop you got to go through. And it might just be that extra hoop. They're like, ah, you know what? Screw this. I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to do it. Unless people are going to even bother and, and get the training that they probably should get, and which ultimately could you know lead to less trained pilots, I guess, right? Right. Uh, the FAA has really taken a position of trying to push the WINGS program as being you know a ongoing recurrent training program rather mm-hmm. than the just going out and getting your flight review every 24 calendar months. Uh, they're encouraging pilots to go out and fly with a flight instructor every quarter. Go out and do one-hour flight. Go out and do takeoffs and landings. Go out and do an hour of air work, things like that. At least then you're you're flying with an instructor on a regular basis and getting that recurrent training instead of waiting two years to uncover maybe a deficiency in your training or something that you need to, to work on. Right. They'd rather have you doing this. Well, now they're kind of discouraging that by putting a roadblock, something that uh, you know, if a customer, if somebody wants to just at the last minute, hey, I'm not doing anything. I got a seat on my airplane. Can you come with? I, I want to work on some landings when we fly out to breakfast. Mm-hmm. Well, now I got to get make sure that we have a LOTA approved before I can go with them. Right. So I know AOPA is fighting this or, or making a lot of racket along with a lot of other aviation organizations. And they're talking to the FAA like, hey, what the heck are you doing? And raising hell and stuff. Has there been any response to this yet, or is it just kind of ramping up as we speak? It's ramping up as we speak because they did not give us a whole lot of time. This this came out. They said this policy is taking effect July 12th. Um, it didn't go through the normal regulatory approval process that normally they would do when they're making a change. Uh, and, and the sad thing is this is all coming out because of a legal interpretation. What else is out there that they may suddenly get a different interpretation on that could up completely upend uh, our way of life? Right. Yeah, it's just uh, one of those uh, classic situations where, you know, something happens and they just say, okay, just just pass this rule real quick. We'll solve it. We'll be done with it. And they don't realize the ramifications to all these other avenues of flight training that it potentially affects. So, uh yeah, I, I, I don't know what the solution is going to be and how it's going to affect uh, Air Venture, but I would imagine it is going to be uh, you know, quite the conversation going on ab- amongst a lot of uh, pilots there at Air Venture, you think? Oh, absolutely. This is probably going to be front and center on everybody's uh, uh, forums when they're blasting the administrator. I mean, the FAA didn't pull any punches. They went right straight to Stephen Dixon. Uh, and asking him to immediately withdraw or delay the rule, which was scheduled to take effect on the 12th. I haven't heard if they did it. I don't know if they'll walk it back, but uh, they're certain, certainly getting a lot of heat from every single alphabet organization out there. I mean, EAA obviously was the first to blast them because it directly affected their memberships. But uh, all the other aviation industries and organizations see that handwriting as well. And it, it, they just want this shut down. Right. Well, it couldn't happen at a worse time, so close to uh, Air Venture. And well, maybe it, it is a good time because you have everybody, it's a front and center on their mind, and they're they're going to get an earful. Well, if they're going to be there, you think they'll have, uh, you know, think they'll they'll show their faces? I mean, I think they're asking for it if they do, if they show <laughs> up. 
Well, again, the FAA is on, has a mission to educate the public, and so they do want to be in front of those big events. Uh, you know, they have an entire building at AirVenture uh, that you can walk through and, and meet with people right. uh, and talk but to I you think about all gonna, different things. But you're going to go in there, like, oh, yeah, I want to speak to. This. Uh, he's in a meeting. He's in a meeting right now. I I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they handle uh, those interactions. And but the you'll be there. Is it's not those folks that are they're making these decisions. This is higher up. This well, is coming from from DC and Oklahoma City. You but know? you can still raise hell with them, and then they'll uh, you know send it up the food chain, so to speak. But you know, be polite. Don't be not. You know, like I said, they're not the ones making the decisions. But you can make your voice heard. But I have a feeling you're you're not going to have to say so much. I think they're going to they're going to get a vibe. This is just bad karma type stuff. I think uh, so. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Maybe Dennis will be there on site to report for us personally right here for Just Plain Radio. We'll have to wait and see. All right, we got more coming up, including uh, a way to organize your aircraft maintenance records just a little bit better. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I was the youngest pilot in Pan Am history. When I was four, the pilot let me ride in the cockpit and fly the plane with him. And I was four, and I was great. And I would have landed it, but my dad wanted us to go back to our seats. Airplanes, up to the clouds, like angels can fly. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew here on Just Plane Radio as we navigate the latest aviation news and information, possibly even sharing a few tips that will make you a more efficient aviator. And, and in this case, you got a friend that you've come across, uh, Dennis, that is going to help make your aircraft maintenance uh, just a little easier to manage. Is that right? Well, that's the goal here. Uh, you know, as I, as we said earlier in the show, uh, I have to audition a new uh, A&P and an IA because, mm-hmm. you know, we need to get an annual and I need to have a mechanic here in Florida that I can rely on. And one of the biggest parts of uh, going with a new mechanic is just getting all of the records straight and they have to go through and make sure that everything is uh, I's are dotted and T's are crossed. All of the 
previous airworthiness directives are complied with, you know, any of the recurring things are taken care of, et cetera. And right now I've got about five or six different logbooks for the airframe all the way back from when Mooney first certified it. And there's, you know, two books for the engine, one for the propeller. It's just, it's a lot of stuff in a lot of different places and binders full of uh, maintenance releases for parts that are overhauled. And we're going to have a whole bunch more of those coming soon. And I I started to look into it. It's like, why am I paying a mechanic to spend hours and hours of his time, not turning wrenches, just doing paperwork? Is there a better way? And uh, we've got Fred from Aerotech Publications on, and I believe he's got the the, the new mousetrap that's going to be a better way. Fred, you've come up with a solution. And uh, thanks for joining us on Just Plane Radio. So what is it exactly? Hi. The Adlog Aircraft Record Keeping System actually goes back to 1975. It was started by uh, Marvin Stern, Mm -hmm. and it all started on his Comanche 250. And he didn't have time to do his own annual that year. Mm -hmm. He was an AMP as well as a pilot, like myself, and he dropped all of his paperwork off at his IA's office, and the next day, the IA went to Marvin's office and dumped everything back on his desk and said, when you make some sense of this, I'll do your annual. Uh Uh-huh. And that's what got Marvin started doing it. I still give him all the credit for this. He went uh, and got a hold of two FAA inspectors based out of Teterboro, New Jersey, mm-hmm. Ben Rock and Andy Zitney, and I got to know both of them on the phone before they both passed on. They were all quite a bit older than I am. To simplify the maintenance record keeping, we, we pull out, first of all, <clears throat> Marvin uh design new eight and a half by eleven airframe engine propeller and avionics log books and the airworthiness directives he um, uh set them up as either non repetitive or non repetitive with more than one action which would be a green masthead or repetitive A D note or repetitive A D note with a terminating action uh, with a red masthead. Okay. And so he, cre- he created like a color code and filing system for all this stuff to organize it properly, right? That is very correct, yes. Okay. And, and has it like, uh, are you going electronic eventually too, or has it already done that over the years? No, we're, I'm still in, the electronic stuff is on my end of it. I understand that there was another company here within the last year and a half that got into it and i don't know what their name was but i've heard that they've already bailed out yeah um i hate to say it but paper records they last yeah you know yeah i prefer the book uh as opposed to the you know sd card kind of thing yeah it's it's a little bit more tangible uh, yeah. in, in that sense. so and, and scanners are cheap nowadays, so if everything right. is being logged on the same size sheet of paper, it's really easy to throw it into a scanner and make a quick copy of everything. And, you know, you can make that electronic as a backup, but here you've got, you know, tangible, in-your-hand, show a mechanic. And I would assume this is the kind of system, Fred, that when you show it to your potential uh, your AI or AP, what is it? IA. 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 Yeah, that's what I said. 
<laughs> you know, but it, uh, that, that if they see that you have it all organized like this, they're going to be relieved and they're like, uh, okay, this guy's making my life uh, much more easier. Uh, to right. manage his aircraft, We're not right? considered uh, an airworthiness directive search engine. This is right. made for the owner. Mm-hmm. We pull out the ADs by the make, model, serial number, and year of manufacture of the aircraft. Mm-hmm. So the first time that a mechanic would go through this after the owner sets it all up, uh, it's going to take them some time. Right. After that, you're down to five minutes. Yes. Down to five and, minutes, and, and you're good to go, and uh, you kind of know the system, and uh, that just makes it much more efficient. And, and obviously, he would probably pass those savings of his time on to you uh, as the owner. Sure. Yeah, that's the, that's the key, and uh, that makes a lot of sense. Now, uh, that's one thing, Fred. Now, you got quite the, the history, though. Before you got into this, you were flying aircraft all over the world, including for... Dennis tells me, is this, you were flying like Paps Blue Ribbon Beer or something? What, what were you doing? I, I flew for Paps Brewing Company from 1977 till 85. Wow. When Kalmanovitz bought out Paps and shut down the brewery. Wow. And now, what a I, gig. Yeah, so you had all the free beer you could ever want, I would imagine, if you well, had that gig. We, we were given 10 cases a month. <laughs> oh, geez, Ben, that wasn't enough? That wasn't well, all the beer you could my drink? My neighbors loved me. <laughs> you can't drink and go fly. Well, that's so, true. <laughs> I, I, you know. You can uh, barter. <laughs> most of it away to my neighbors. <laughs> oh, I love that. And yep. But that had to be a, a great gig, you know. So it you, was. I yeah. was also their chief of maintenance, and that's why I was hired. And then I got my airline transport rating and a type rating in the citation. How about that? Yes. I, I've never heard of a a, a beer flying pilot. <laughs> Maybe a pilot drinking beer, which you're not supposed to, but I've never heard it the other way around. So, so but that, that sounds like a pretty good gig. But that was years ago, and now you're kind of doing this as your thing and and trying to make things more efficient for uh, aircraft owners like Dennis. Is that the case? That's exactly what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I spend all my time making sure that my customers have got everything that they need. And, uh, I mean, we've been in, the company has been in business now 46 years. Yeah. And that says something. Heck yeah, it does. You know, if you look at uh, when Marvin set this up, uh, in the last 26 years, I've added two sections uh, to the ad log. And that was at the request of the FAA. Hmm. They asked for it. You know what? I did it. How about that? And when you initially got this uh, approved with them, or I mean, or I don't know if you had to have it approved, did you? No, you no. didn't. You just said, "Hey, I want to organize this. Uh, will you guys help me out? What do you think?" That kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Did you grease the wheel at all with like uh, you know free case of beer or anything with them? <laughs> well, wait, let me tell you one of the, the the good things about the ad log system with an owner, and I can prove this. I sold my airplane. Back in September. Do you know how long it took the new owner to go through the logbooks and make a decision? Five minutes. 
That was it. How about that? See, yes. now that's a testimonial. Now, yes. if people want information, they'd go where? The easiest way to do it is go on the Internet and go to Google and Google AdLog. AdLog. There you go. A-D-L-O-G. There you go. And just for the record, it does not include a free case of beer. I'm just saying that was no, it what it used to not. do. No, <laughs> <laughs> That might be something to think about for the future, though, Fred. I'm just saying. That's, it that's it will market. increase the shipping costs. <laughs> it will improve. <laughs> There you go. Good stuff. We got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. How is it going with a plane? We managed to help someone with it, but in so doing, the engines were damaged beyond repair. It won't fly? I wish I had better news, but we'll find a way to bring you home. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. All right, so uh, it's been a while since we've officially done any drone news. I can't believe uh, that being the case. So it's time to make up for some lost time and cover this because uh, not only is the FAA giving us more hoops to jump through as private pilots for experimental aircraft and that kind of thing that we covered earlier, they've also put a new test in front of us if you want to fly a drone. Not for commercial purposes, but just for the fun of it. Just for recreational drone usage over a half a pound thereabouts. You have to do this new test that the FAA has now required all operators to participate in. Is that right, Dennis? That's correct. It's called the TRUST test, or Uh the Recreational Unmanned Aircraft Systems Safety Test. Interesting. So So you got to go in front of the FAA building at AirVenture and uh, have them line up behind you, fall back, and do you trust them to catch you? That's a different trust test. Oh, it is. Okay. But but you ought to do that anyway. (laughs) But videotape it because we want to see it when you fall on your ass because the video would go viral, don't you think? Most likely, yes. Because yeah, they're, they're not going to participate in that nonsense. No, they're, they're not going to know what's going on. They're probably going to make you go and see your uh, AME and find out why you passed out or something. Yeah, they're like, hey, we heard it on Just Plain Radio. You're supposed to conduct a, a trust test with the FAA. Isn't that how it works? No, it's not. So don't blame us. But it is a pretty fun idea. <laughs> I I digress. I, you know, uh, talking about all that free beer that Fred had, I think uh, it, might, it might have had an effect on me, Dennis. So I think I you might have had one during the commercial break. Yes. So the trust test, though, from the FAA is uh, what, an online course question thing that you got to do or what? Yeah, it's a combination of an online training course along with a, a test. Okay. And Greg, you'll like this test because yeah. it's one that you're guaranteed to get 100% on. Okay, I, I like the sound of that. 
So the point is not to challenge the person and have them fail. The challenge here is to educate them and make them understand how all of this works. So the FAA has actually designated 16 different organizations to be eligible to administer this test. Mm-hmm. And it's the, you know, a lot of the usual suspects like the Academy of Model Aeronautics, Embry-Riddle University, but also, you know, some community colleges have got the programs, some drone-specific academies, uh, things like that. So um, just take a look. Just Google search it um, and you'll find it, but go sit down through it. You're going to go through, you know, a, a little bit of an education on airspace, airspace rules, right. um, things like that, the and then how to request yeah. permission to fly in some of those uh, categories of airspace. Okay. You know, you, All right. you can't fly in a control tower, you know, and that's in an area, class Delta airspace around an airport with a control tower, mm-hmm. but you can request permission to do it using the land sea um, system and so they tell you how to how to go about and request permission to fly and things like that. So it's the whole idea here is to to cut down on the number of rogue drones that are showing up by educating all users of the airspace system. I gotcha. So it's free first off, and secondly, uh, you're guaranteed to pass. So it's really just it's more or less just a course that you're going to go through. And if you miss the questions at the end when they when you go through the the test, they're going to say, "Hey, you missed this. This is why." This is the answer. Okay, moving on. And they'll go through this. You have any idea how many questions or how long it might take to go through this little thing? Probably not very long, I'm guessing. I can't imagine it would take more than an hour of your time. And you know what? If you're going to go fly a drone, um, take the hour. It's going to be good for you regardless. It's going to make you a little bit more educated. Make sure you don't get yourself uh, in over your head doing something with your drone that you should have known that you shouldn't have done. So this is just basically making everybody who operates these recreational drones in particular, you know, some of the basics of, like you said, airspace restriction that we kind of take, you know, for granted as private pilots or pilots in training, we have to know this. But these, uh, you know, especially the younger kids or the people just thinking, hey, I want to go fly a drone, go check out my neighbor, you know, skinny dip it in her pool next door. <laughs> You know, they, they're, they're actually, I think that. That was oddly specific, right? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that, you know, uh, that I don't, I think that's, I don't know if that's on the, on the test, on the trust test that you can't do that, but it's on the moral test for sure that you shouldn't yeah. be doing that. But, but I'm just saying whatever motivates these folks to go out there and, and play with a drone, you know, there's some other uh, things they probably don't take into account or we know they don't take into account because, we're constantly having issues where the drones are violating, you know, our airspace as we're trying to learn how to fly our aircraft. And that is something we need to avoid at all costs. Correct? That is correct. Yes. So, and the good news is you're guaranteed to pass. So, so Greg, there's a test for you. I'm getting 100%. I'm getting a yep. smiley face whether you like it or not. You know, and the thing is, it might actually motivate you to start working on your other test, you know, because now you got a little bit of a uh, orientation back into airspace to kind of start refreshing that. So now when you go and sit down for your actual private pilot written, you know, you'll, hey, I remember this from the drone test. Mm-hmm. Well, there, uh, I guess. I mean, yeah. I, or I could just go right to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going right oh, to know, it. No, that's not going to happen. Oh, come, come on, on, Dennis. Have some faith. Trust me. How many years has it been, Greg? Just trust me, you know. Uh, well, the test is the trust that we're going to go use that one. Okay, and maybe I'll do that. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I the drone thing. I was very interested in. You know, when this thing started hitting the 
you know, market a few years ago. But after I, you know, got into the flight training, I was like, gosh, you know, I don't think I want to operate a drone. Because if I get a drone and I accidentally fly it into something that shouldn't be flown into or into an area where it's not supposed to, and I didn't know what that guy's doing, uh, you're going to feel really, really bad about that. Well, that's the whole point of taking this trust test is that you know what you can and can't do with it. And then you can use tools like the the new app that uh, Google's Alphabet uh, just released. They have a new drone safety app that it works very similar to the FAA's uh, no before you fly app uh, mm-hmm. basically it shows you what airspace you're in and can help facilitate getting the clearances to fly so if you are flying close to an airport with a control tower you can actually request that uh, permission through their open sky app and um, it's going to work with the drone licensing system eventually here as, as things uh, you know that starts to get rolled out so uh, you know more tools available so go ahead go buy that drone go learn to fly the drone but take this training, get the tools, and do it safely. Right. Well, the only problem is I'm not sure I trust Google. There's a lot of people that uh, might okay, be Okay, well, then get before you too. fly from the FAA. You know? Or just <laughs> skip fine. it all together. I'm not going to learn how to fly a drone. I'm going to learn to fly an aircraft. Well, just get yourself a little one and fly in your house. And you'll well, I fine. have that. Yeah, and, and it's under that half a Chase pound. Chase the cat. Uh, thanks to Dennis. He gave me one of those little handheld uh, drones, little mini drones. And exactly, I can terrorize the cat uh, with this thing. It does flips, all kinds of stuff. I don't have to worry about airspace other than the airspace my cat uh, occupies. Or maybe the ceiling fan if you go too high. Well, exactly, there's that. But I got two of them, so I got to back up. (laughs) And plenty of extra blades. Uh, Yeah, because they have a tendency to crash into things. But they're so small, it doesn't really affect too much other than the cat. Yeah, the cat... Uh, not a fan of the of that. So, but anyway, yeah, get your trust test, and uh, you know if you're going to operate the drone drone stuff, if you're going to go down that uh, road. But you already have the full fledged drone certification, so everybody who's went through the the commercial drone course, this doesn't affect them at all, right? Correct. It was only if that was for the re- the recreational pilots that haven't already gotten their 107 certificate. Right. This was to get them you know, a similar level of training so that they understand, you know, what they're dealing with. Right. And it was, it's a no fail test. So you have nothing to lose, not even your dignity, knowing that you had failed a test because they're going to make you pass it, whether you'll, whether you deserve to or not, I guess. You just got to read the stuff. I got a hundred percent. Sounds like my kind of test for sure. On that note, we'll wrap it up for this week. Till next time. Remember, there is no better high than learning to fly. Just Plain Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the Information Super Skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. They're just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. (laughs) 
Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com. 